the number one marker was for me was when I uh, more than quadrupled my income. I times it by five. I was a financial advisor for five years and it just didn't make sense. Um, plus, I really enjoyed this work, you know, just being a wholesome whore, helping people be kinky. It's just it's nice. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. And I'm Lotus Lane, and you can find me on all social media at It's Lotus Lane, which is spelled I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N. Also, just a reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast on Apple to please leave us a five-star review that really helps us grow on the podcast and better share the information with our guests on the sex work community as a whole. This segment of today's episode is sponsored by sex.com one of the absolute best content creator platforms out there. It looks better than any other, has a higher level of security than any other, and boasts over 3 million unique visitors a day scrolling through viral looped adult short form videos. Sex.com is like, well, (laughs) sex itself. A lot of people do it. Some just do it much, much better than the others. Sex.com, if you're gonna do it, do it right. Well, hello, everyone. I am Lotus Lane, and I'm here with my co-host, Melrose Michaels. And we have our guest today, Nadia, Muse Nadia, my girl, a beautiful goddess supreme. And she's here to talk with us today to debunk the myth that digital creators, online adult creators aren't making any real money, that we're all just fronting and we're actually really broke behind the scenes. So... Let's get into it, Nadia, because I really love that we brought you into this topic, especially um, because people think that you have to have a large following. You have to have millions of followers. You have to go viral in order to actually make any real money in this game. So let's talk about that. For sure. Well, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate this. Um, I feel special. And um, yeah, I'm always down for debunking any of we might as well just say it cishet societal norms and, um, you know, theories. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. And, um, yeah, it just, I love telling people that whores are really awesome. (laughs) We are, we are. And we're really awesome at making money, right? Period. Yeah. So, um, I mean, not to get all into numbers nitty gritty, but how many followers do you have on social media and, how do you reach out and, you know, gain your fans on your paid prescription uh, subscription platforms to get money? Sure. Great question. So um, my first, my, my number one platform is Twitter. I have a little over 33,000 followers on there. Um, in the beginning, I was gaining 100 followers a day. And since my shadow ban that happened in October of 2020, um, I gain about maybe 100 followers a month now. So yeah. um and I'm making more money than when that shadow ban happened. So if that's even more of a testament to numbers really don't matter or followers don't really matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I leverage that. And Instagram is really just for fun and giggles because at this point they don't like any of us. So yeah. it's mainly Twitter. 
Um, and then me just being Albert Einstein, finessing in the DMs and getting to know people. And then if they're, you know, horny and curious, they're going to subscribe. Right. So, um, yeah, I just kind of do my own thing on Twitter and ride that wave. (laughs) I love that. I'm curious too. So I guess some of the things that I talk with people about in my own, like kind of like inner circle and like real life support system is that when it comes to adult work, they're curious when I like switched over to being like, I guess what they would describe as full-time. I don't know that it's always like a full-time eight hour a day job, but what gave you enough comfort financially, I guess, to look at this career and say like, I could do this and only this potentially. Yeah. It was the number one marker was for me was when I, uh, more than quadrupled my income. I timesed it by five. Um, my base salary and commissions that I was having at my, I was a financial advisor for five years and it just didn't make sense. Um, plus I really enjoyed this work, you know, just <laughs> being a wholesome whore, helping people be kinky. It's just, it's nice. <laughs> what do you think there was anything that catapulted that or like, what was your path like? Yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah, for sure. So I listened to a podcast called Horrible Decisions um, oh, in August of yeah, I love them. Weezy and Mandy are amazing. Um, so I, I, I was actually driving down to Mexico with my friend in August. Um, August twenty fourth will actually be my three year anniversary. But we were driving down to Mexico. She, she played a podcast, and some lady was talking about cash meets, and I try to get people to save their cash for their own retirement. And you're telling me I could meet someone at an ATM and they just give me the cash. I mean, to this day, I still haven't done a cash meet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't know if I ever will cause COVID and you could just send it. I like bank transfers anyways. Cause I hate going to the ATM. But yeah, basically what happened is, is I, I think that in the beginning you're new and shiny. Right. And everyone is just like, Oh, who's that? And I just really kept my foot on the gas pedal because I saw how much I, shot myself in the foot in my financial advising career, just not pushing myself every single day, all day. And so basically when I entered this career and saw how much autonomy it provides, in addition to there's no cap on income and you can work at any time of the day and night, 365, I was like, this seems a lot more feasible. So it happened slowly. You know, we're talking about replaced my salary. I was like, I'm not going to leave until it's double. I'm not going to leave until it's triple. I'm not going to leave until it's quadruple. And then after, after I times it by five, it literally made no sense for me to be allocating my time towards vanilla work. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? I'm a very numbers person and time management, like an efficiency of my energy. And if 10 to two is producing this much income, but two to eight is producing this, then obviously I need to (laughs) switch things up. So that's kind of how that happened. I'm grateful for that podcast. Um, And yeah, I think, again, me just keeping my foot on the gas pedal and just dropping clips, dropping content every single day, posting on Twitter three times a day, um, engaging with other people's posts every single day, all day, making friends, not being afraid to ask other people who are number one, hey, can we be besties? And also, can you help me? And that's literally how I form the relationships I have today. That's so, so true. I was just going to say that's exactly <laughs> how you like came in, me and Anna yeah. to be friends with us. And and I think we had not really even heard of you before then because you were really yeah. new. And, and um, I think maybe I saw like your picture on an ABN something and Anna was like, mm-hmm. hey, this girl wants to hang out. And I was like, oh, I think I saw her and she's cute. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I really admire that go getter attitude that you have in you. So it honestly just sounds like uh, you just 
keep going and going and going and don't stop. And <laughs> you will get to a point of success eventually. Yeah, <laughs> not? yeah for sure. It's yeah. funny that you say that because I think that a lot of what people don't un like, it's, it's interesting, right? Because at Sexworks CEO, we just did a bunch of surveys of creators to kind of start compiling our own data and figure out what is really working and isn't working between our own community and like a safe community centered place. And one of the things that was the big biggest indicator of success in the industry was your length of time in the industry. So like mm -hmm. a lot of people will give up too early on and not yeah. realize mm -hmm. that the things you do are compounding. Like oh every goodness. video or clip, you know, that you put out there is almost like a property or an asset that could be a door someone who's a huge tipper, a huge fan could yes. open to finally to meet you and like become a fan of yours. So it's interesting that you said that because the data supports that. 100%. There is nothing in this industry, like this industry is all about consistency and luck. That's it. We all know this, you know what I mean? And anything really, but really this industry, if you're just consistent and whatever that means for you, it is bound to happen where that one person, you know what I mean, will find you. And yeah. I, and I, and I, you know, still deal with my whole, like, I've only been doing this for three years. And guys are like, I've been watching you since day one. And I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, well, why don't you say them sooner? Hey. <laughs> so, I, I, that's the stuff that keeps me going, but also, you know, the impact that we get to have in people's lives. So, yeah. you know. I was yeah. going to say, speaking of one of the things that Melrose brought up, did you ever have a moment like that where you kind of like in the early, you're still fresh, but in the early mm -hmm. parts of starting where you were like, eh, maybe I shouldn't do this, or maybe I should just give this all up. This is this, this method isn't working. Or was it just like you hit that lucky, lucky stride and just kept going? Yeah. Um, there was never a point where I said no to this. <laughs> and I think the reason is because just the actual concept made a lot more sense to me, right? With financial yeah. advising compared to financial domination. Yeah. I'm tired of telling people what to do with their money for their own sake, where yeah. I can just tell someone a million times to a million different people. And then eventually they'll all give me their money or at least a few. But um, I think for me, what the, the main thing was just again, yeah, the capacity. Right. And it wasn't worth me. Um, I don't know, necessarily like sacrificing, like, late nights up. Is this right? Is this the right decision? It just felt right. You know what I mean? And I didn't get my first tribute, um, until what my third month and it was $35, you guys. So girl, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I stuck with this and I, I felt so proud of that $35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. I, I, it took a long time and I think it took me nine months to start getting to like three grand a month. You know what I mean? now we're laughing at those numbers, but it, I had to fit, you know what I mean? I had to deal with those. So I didn't come out the gate really making a lot of money, but I, again, consistency and luck. So something that you said, two things that you said really stand out to me. And I think it's really interesting because especially in the realm of like financial domination, people hear that like regular civilian people will hear that and think like, Oh, you're just making some guy give you all his money. Like it's this torturous, you know, thing, but actually financial advising and financial domination probably have a lot of overlap. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is, is with money, right? What do we all get up to do every single day? We get up to go and make money. bread money. That is the number one thing. And I probably will say one of the most powerful controlling forces in all of our lives. And so I, it's just, I don't know. People are so interesting, right? And I, I think that the reason 
that we all have these preconceived notions of like, oh, you're taking it from someone so innocent. They're not an adult, they're a child. And yeah. <laughs> they have mommy and daddy's credit card and they're running it up. It's like, no, this is a grown, you know, uh, what was her? C.R. Lynch. Um, I just watched one of her podcasts or workshops and she did prick, which is personal responsibility. Um, I forget what I stands for. And then consensual. And then, you know what I mean? Kink. So it's like, these are grown adults who are making decisions for themselves. And just as people see um, someone's kink of wanting to be tied up, right, or wanting to do water sports, whatever it is, I see it in the same exact way. So I'm not going to kink shame anyone. And if someone wants to sit there and have a preconceived notion of, oh, she's doing the worst thing ever, um, I, I, I just, I don't entertain it. I don't think anything of it. And I think it's honestly comical um, that someone else thinks that someone else is an issue or in, in peril because they're sending money to another individual willingly. Um, um, and I've never shown remorse to any of the guys. I don't do that. <laughs> I'm just very much so, you know what you came for. I'm going to take as much as I can and then leave you for the streets. Are you stay consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I love do you, that. Um, with any of your clients, do you ever put them on like budgets and finance, like spending allowances? Like, because that's something I've heard from a lot of people in that line of work too, which I feel like that aligns very much with the financial advising yep. background. Yep, I sure do. <laughs> Everything. Like, I feel like almost like a semi accountant at times. But yes, I do have them on a budget. Um, it, specific people who are just very, very into being money slaves. Um, because I don't like the idea of their credit cards or they're being racked up and their credit scores taking a nosedive. Like that's not what we're here to do. Um, because that's not a safe practice. Um, so I very am much so like aware of a certain person's like, if you're a whale, you know what I mean? I don't care. <laughs> but if you're someone who's working at like a grocery store, you know what I mean? Like a very like nine to five job or even just, I'm not going to sit there and expect $5,000 out of you every single month. And if you do do that and it's your bonuses or your tax return, we're not sending for at least three months. You know what I mean? Like we need to recoup, pay off your credit cards because that's not healthy long-term for any I of us. I really, really love that you say this because um, I have seen opposite things be said by some other financial dominatrixes online. And I mm. think that's where the thought comes from that Melrose was talking about, that this is really torturous and it's really insidious exchange. Um, but I love that you give this different perspective on it, that you're really responsible in your taking <laughs> of the asset. Yeah. And um, I think that really goes to speak to how like awesome you as are as a person, but just like probably why you are so successful as well, you know? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a nice compliment. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. you can be as ruthless as you are, but still yeah. have a moral compass surrounding what you're doing. And I really like hearing that um, because I think mm -hmm. that that's what, what worries people with this kink, you know, what, what's the major concern. Right. Definitely. And I, I am grateful that I've been able to find that balance because most don't. And again, they have that burnout or they end up actually you know, hurting people, you know what yeah. I mean? In the process, like there is another person on the other end, you know what I mean? And there's forms of aftercare. There's, you know what I mean? Actually becoming, even just becoming friends with some of these people, you know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, they're, I picture even as I'm getting more into Twitch, like I, you know, like they're, they're, they're just supporting their favorite e-girl who's mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of how I think about it. And if they're really into kinks and that's sessioning, that's like the dominatrix side, but Findom's really just like, they want to pay a mean e-girl who has her ish together and, you know, that's all of us. And they just want to support us and be told that they're, you know, a kinky little freak. So 
love yeah. that. It's I not, it's, that. it's not ruthless. This industry is amazing and I wish more women were in it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. They, you said something else too that stood out to me just from like a business perspective. Like when you were getting into this, you're like, I'm not, I'm not quitting till I double my income. I'm not quitting till I triple my income. I'm not quitting till I quadruple my income. I think that that is a very gray area for a lot of, especially new creators where they're like really eager. They see money maybe happen up front with like an OnlyFans boom or like their first time a webcam, they get the new model tag, they take off, they make a bunch of money, but then they like quit their main gig too soon or they don't have, because people underestimate the amount of self-discipline it takes to work for yourself for one. And also they overestimate the the pitfalls and how low and how hard it can be at times. Cause there's like, you know, you have your thousand dollar cam days, you have your $3 cam days. And sometimes those were eight hours and the thousand dollars was one hour. So I feel like people can almost, they, they jump in without thinking through like a proper business plan or a proper projection of what things could really look like on, on the landscape. So I love that you said you waited till you quadrupled your income mm-hmm. and to, you quit when it didn't make sense anymore. And I was yes. wondering if like, how did you know to do that? Is it just because of your background, financial advisor, or is it security <laughs> for you? Yeah, I w- it definitely the financial advising helped a little, but honestly, it, like in college, I always had like three jobs. I was always either in class or at work. Um, so I just have like incredible like time management skills and I'm very, very, very high detail on like the efficiency of my time management skills. And so I think for sure I had to wait till it was three months consistently of that double of that triple of that quadruple. And then when I finally hit five and then my business partner pissed me off one day, I was like, man, fuck this. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, I'm done. He's like, I did not even see this coming. I was like, I know, <laughs> but it felt so good. And it came from a place of empowerment and like confidence. And again, it, it just, there is no, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it again. You know, it's that consistency and luck. Right. I just consistently came in, kept my foot on the gas pedal, doing the three every day, the posting, the clips, the and I actually didn't even get into clips until like a year in almost. Um, Yeah, but I would want to know how how did you as a smaller creator when you first started gain attention, especially if you weren't clip making? Yeah, um, I went. So when I first started the industry, I found all the girls who and my eyes, I thought, <laughs> now I know, but I'm like all the girls that I thought were making the most money in this industry or had like the cutest aesthetics. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to follow, 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 follow. And I just watched, I watched for a couple of months and I was like, I can do this. Did <laughs> so, your research. Yeah, I did. And then by the end of it, it was, it was honestly, it, it was a done deal. Like, um, there aren't many black females who do, um, dominatrix work online and FinDom. And even if they do, you have to be set apart by doing all the different things, right? Clip stores, the fan sites, the, you know, talking on Twitter, whatever, like doing all those different layers. And then I don't know, there's only like maybe three or four or five of us that I can like name off that are like either consistently in this or like just kind of do it part-time, right? Cause they have other things that they're more focused on. And so for me to come in as a new shiny black dominatrix I think that's what really helped but also the censorship wasn't as bad back then so I was you know using groups yeah the engagement groups the tags hashtags I was doing all the cringy like tweets you know what I mean but then I'm glad I had that because it helped me get found and then you know I think I I got shadow banned around 20 22,000 followers so it's just been like scraping but I 
again, I don't even think that really mattered either, because if you're producing the content on these platforms and they have a feed, you will be found. So it's not even about Twitter, Instagram followers, honestly, or even, even your followers on the fan sites. It's about like, who's paying and clicking subscribe. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. You can have a, a thousand fans that aren't tipping or you can have a hundred that are always that tipping. Part. Exactly. Like I've never, ever, ever, you guys had over on any of my subscription sites. I've never had over maybe 12 subscribers at a time ever, but I've now never gone below $25 a month. Yeah. My monthly subscription's at 30 now and I will never go below that. But like, cause it's like a dollar a day, you know what I mean? And I just feel like as a fin, like even my vanilla friends come across it and they're like, you know what I mean? They're not going to like, like curiosity what she got on there. You know what I mean? It's like a, you know what you're getting when you're coming in here. <laughs> yeah. It's a real investment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Lewis. I like that. <laughs> I think too, something that's interesting. Cause like I hear this, it, it goes back and forth, right? Cause we get like the media attention. That's like, you know, Instagram models starts only fans makes a million dollars a day. And then we have like the flip side where it's like, if you really look at it at scale, a lot of people who sign up for something like OnlyFans never even do anything with it. So yeah, like, mm -hmm. you know, they sign up, they think about it, they don't. And the, a lot of those profiles, I feel like just sit empty anyways, because we had like such a huge boom with OnlyFans. And like, I, I say that, but that that's cyclical and resemblance of all platforms and all things that they're, you know, high peak times in the industry. But mm. um, I think that this myth of like, majority of creators don't make money. I think it's what we people lose about that argument is that it's so relative. Like if a creator is only making three grand a month on like OnlyFan, and I say only loosely, cause again, relative, that could still be replacing their full-time income on what they take home. Mm -hmm. So like, exactly. isn't that enough of a success where you, not only is your income matched and you're able to have your, you know, you don't have to clock in and clock out for someone and you're working for yourself at maybe the same pay rate, but now you have time freedom. Now you have autonomy. Now you have all these other you know, levers you can pull to do things with. And I think that people don't account for that piece of it when they say like, oh, creators don't even make that much money. Like not everyone has to make a million to be financially yes. safe or secure. Yes. <laughs> Very I think, true. I think I see them looking at like the viral people that go viral because of OnlyFans or something. And then they compare the rest of the, the group to that. And they're like, well, this isn't being achieved, so they must not be as successful as we thought. Ha, 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 whores. Which is just like one of those things where they always want to go back and like laugh at us, tell us, ha, see, we told you so, it's not working. But I love that we have uh, people that exist like Nadia that debunk that type of shit every day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think it goes back to like, again, most of the time I think it's cishet men. But, you know, majority of society placing a value on the type of dollar you're earning, like that dollar's dirty, that dollar's not. Um, and then also people um, just not being accepting. I think of just all backgrounds, period. You know what I mean? Whether it's work, race, religion, sexuality, gender, identity, like all of that. It's just, um, and then when they do the comparison, sure. But people always forget, like you had mentioned, is that perspective, Right. And then on top of that, um, they think that probably their their 3000 of earnings is more justified because they're, you know, working on a farm versus her because she's in her room in front of a ring light. So, again, the dollar it's the it's the the dirtier the dollar, the less value it is. Yet I'm pretty sure that dollars can still buy me a soda at the same vending machine you're going to. Yeah, 100 percent. So and yeah. I can on my farm. So, hey. <laughs> 
Hey. Yeah, that sounds so fun. <laughs> Perfect, period. Right? Yeah. That's funny. Um, I, I want to ask too, what do you think differentiates a top earning creator or a lower earning creator in your eyes? Like, is there, do you think like a defining factor is consistency, which I, I feel like you alluded to, or like self-discipline, or is there character traits that stand out in your eyes? For sure. Um, I would say maybe like two or three to be very uh, just like concise what you the consistency for sure like there's nothing that anyone could ever tell me that consistency cannot be whether that's your health your mental like life relationships money anything i love that you can apply that consistency thing to anything two i would say is definitely self-motivation initiative taking like you have to be disciplined if you do not have that you will fail because you're, you're your only competition. You have to be looking at yourself and only yourself. It's cool to have inspiration, but that could also be daunting when you try to compare, you know, certain timelines and like, you know how I am with numbers. Like she did that on that date by her sixth year. Then by my sixth year, I should have, (laughs) I'm like, stop, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) breaking on the numbers. And then three is like, honestly, loving what you do. Like, if you don't love this, you will stop. Like I genuinely love calling like specifically like men losers and taking their money because I, and well, I guess the fourth thing you have to have confidence, like (laughs) (laughs) because the girls who come into this, who are like, Oh my God, I'm so insecure. Like I'll send you your money back or, you know what I mean? Or send me, I just, I can't, it's cringe. You know what I mean? Um, and it's giving more so like I'm desperate and need money rather than like I'm hot and Lux and you need to give me your money because it's better in my hands. Right. It's about how you say it, how you do it. Um, and so I think that those four, you'll be straight. And I think that honestly applies to everything in life too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, life lessons from a young one, you're not wrong. Um, when you said the consistency and how you said that that's number one and that beats out over anything, the funniest thing came to my mind. Um, there's an IG account that's like, does shows all the Vogue videos from like the Vogue dancing. And there's this really funny who is now like iconic dancer, Josephine, I think she's not the greatest dancer at voguing, but like she always shows up and she always just dances and she does not give a fuck and you could tell she's not insecure she doesn't judge herself even though like it it, nothing fits the standard of or of what you would think and like now she's like my favorite video that gets shared on there on that on that (laughs) instagram account and so i totally get what you're saying consistency her consistency her confidence her not giving up her still coming in doing the same thing regardless of the looks and faces that people are giving now i'm like a number one fan of hers i love like seeing her videos. So I get that. And I can see how that can apply. And I wish more creators that may feel like they're in the struggle would um, realize that because it doesn't come down to your looks or your aesthetic or those kinds of things, because that will attract different people at different levels, whoever they are, different parts of the world, different parts of the country. But when you're consistent and you give them something of your character, you're, you know, we're a character, we're a business, you know, you can't go to Target one day and then Target's closed the next day. Like we love Target because it's always there, you know? Yeah. 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 No, that's a very good analogy right there. Yeah. Target decided to like act different someday. 
funny then we're like okay i need to go somewhere else <laughs> yeah and you know what target always takes my money so it's like, right yeah <laughs> right what you said to lotus and and what you said nadia about confidence too like i i just had this conversation with a friend so i was like it doesn't matter what you look like like i everyone's attracted to whatever they're attracted to but if you come in the room with just fucking straight confidence you are the sexiest person in the room always yes. like it never yes. fails mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's like the movie I Feel Pretty. Hell yeah. Exactly. She literally hit her head and thought she was like, oh my God, the way she was like, look at these abs. I was like, yo, I need to rewatch this like at least once a year to just Maybe be so, like, yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. But yeah, it, it definitely makes a difference. And I think even fans can sense the desperation in the in the ask or in, in oh, the yes. air, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. It's, they say that in business too, because I'm like obsessing right now. I've gone down the rabbit hole like the last four or five weeks with like um, financial and business negotiation tactics, like how to negotiate your value and, and things like that. And one of the things was like, if you come to the table, not willing to walk away with nothing, like in, in having that kind of energy and like that confidence in the Ooh. negotiating process, you'll lose because you can feel that you need something from this exchange. But if you come willing to walk away, you win because they know that you don't need it. And I, so that true. really stuck with me. It's so true. I, I remember making kind of those mistakes in the beginning and the responses I got from fans weren't favorable, as favorable. And then I remember once I kind of like flipped it and I was like, why do they like you, Lotus? Because you're a semi-bitch. Like, and I put mm-hmm. the big note into it and stopped trying to people please as much. I was like, oh, he didn't even cuss me out. And I just totally told him off. I love this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 100%. People can definitely sense inauthenticity, honestly. And they can tell when you're not being genuine or like, because then it's not consistent either. Right. It's like, okay, she's someone else completely right now. Yeah. Um, it's something that you said earlier, Lotus, about the, like, one thing I've like, it made me think of this thought. One thing I've always appreciated about just kind of like how I, when I see other girls who are like doing way better than me, first off, I always look at how long they've been doing it. And I'm like, okay, she's been doing a double map, you know, triple quadru four times as long as I've been here. And then I always go and look at their repertoire of like content. And then I'm always shook because they all, they have double maybe even times for the amount of content that I have out and they they post at double the rate I do and I'm like okay no wonder you're making a lot of money so then guess what I'm doing making besties with them in the dms (laughs) and next thing you know they're like we're just like genuine friends trying to support each other and then seeing them you know get pushing themselves more and more and more even after being here for seven fifteen plus years it makes me want to work harder you know what I mean And I don't, and I know they make a lot of money. And again, you know, like, like these girls are like, there's one that's like super Barbie looking and the other one's very girl next door. The other one's much older. It it literally shows me that there is no reason where again, with consistency and luck, I cannot be just as successful as them. If anything more, right? Like the sky's the limit. Yes. There is no limit. Like you said to our industry and that's the best thing about it. It's, you you had said earlier, Nadia, too, about like how you kept your foot on the gas pedal. And I spoke to a, a smaller creator recently in our Twitter space. And one of the things that they asked me was like, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay inspired? And my response is because I, I feel like very much I relate to you with the way you're like, go, 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 put your foot on the gas pedal because that's like, what's my life? But I uh, told her and my reply was like, I do it anyway. Like I do it when I don't feel like doing it. I do it 
despite what I, my emotions are not part of the equation. I do the work and, and there's no variation or deviation from that because when I do the work, I get to cross it off my list and that inspires me and that motivates me to keep you going. You are so right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- is that what you so would right. say too? I was curious. Um, yeah. I think the instant gratification of like completing something and checking off my list is definitely something that I love. Will I say it's my motivating factor or force? No, honestly, money and my mom are, um, I fear every single day, like, and my mom is like 62, so she's going to be just fine. But I'm like, if she's not here, I don't know what I'm working for. (laughs) But literally that's like my motivation is money because I love money. Um, That's why I entered finance background in the beginning, Um, but also just my mom. So for me, it's, I know she's waking up every single day and we've texted every single day at night since 2011, my first year in college. So it's a constant reminder of like why I'm doing this and how quickly I need to do this. And so I can give her continue to provide the life that she has right now, which is basically semi-retired. She just likes to work, but I take care of all of her lifestyle expenses. And my goal next is to like buy her her home and then like do her whatever she wants with that. You know what I mean? But one step at a time, I'm only, I'm not even at the third year mark, but my, that's my motivating force is finding something that gets you going right. People are like, Oh, it's my family, my kids, whatever. Um, but for me, it's really just my mom and love, my love of money, which is not in a, a narcissistic way. I mean that wholeheartedly. Like, I love money. I want to end world hunger. Like, I, I know it sounds so crazy, but like, I just want wealth, right? And security because I didn't have that growing up. So, yeah, no, I can relate to that. I think, I think when you say like the love of money, I maybe don't associate the work that I'm doing. I think I, I associate getting the work done or like making the clip or making the thing with money because that's what it comes, you know, but that's the task at hand. So I focus more on the task more than the outcome, maybe like, I think we frame it differently, but that's really interesting to hear. Maybe I should think about it like that because or I was like, maybe like, I should think money. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe the people that are having a hard time getting motivated should think of it. The opposite. Part. Don't think of the task, think of the outcome because that is the motivation. Cause that when I am super like, Oh, I don't want to fucking do this. Uh, you know, I'm just like, no, Look at yourself, girl. You have limited time. Like, I always think you have limited time as in, like, you don't know if you're going to, like, go outside and, like, get hit by a car and then it's over and then you can't make clips and then you're, like, stuck. Go fund me. Help, you know? So I always try and think of, like, no, you're healthy. You're good right now. Let's do it right now. Especially because I'm, like, aging. I'm, like, maybe tomorrow my knee might hurt. So let me do this right now. (laughs) Yeah. I have one person I've been really following hardcore on right lately. We don't even have any similarities at all, but it's just Amaranth, you know, just seeing oh, how yeah, hard same. and consistent. I'm obsessed with her. But Do you watch I her just, Vice doc? Oh, I watch everything that girl does. I'm like, I'm subscribed to her Twitch. I watch every single stream. Um, she's amazing. You know what I mean? Again, another, another one of those individuals that like I am her, she might be a little bit harder to reach out to and become besties with. <laughs> I, I have a hundred percent success rate so far of everyone that I'm like, just reaching out to minus Rihanna, but you know, like Amaranth, it's just another person for me to be inspired by. Right. Another, like someone making over 18 million a year. That's like un- ungodly unheard of off of like only fans, just one site. That's another motivation for all of us. That's another inspiration for all of us. Right. To get going that there is no ceiling to this freaking industry and you, yeah. you just have to work hard. Yeah. So Oh, I love that. I've, I've been obsessed with her too, actually. And uh, I think it's interesting too. I, I loved her vice documentary specifically because it showed how much work went into what she's built. Like she's pulling like 12, 14 hour streams. Like, yes, every day. Stream. Wow. 
Yeah. 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 So that's like live on camp for that. Yeah, many that's hours like time intensive work. And then she yeah. still does. Yeah. she still does photo shoots, and she still. She came from a very huge cosplay YouTuber Instagram background. So same thing what you were saying earlier, right? Instagram person or whatever you know creates their first only. So it's definitely how um, that. So it's a different route, but it still does not. At the end of the day, it's the consistency and the amount of fucking content that girl's pushing out is just what the hell. So. <laughs> you definitely need a team though that's the one thing i would say is like if any of us want to scale or get bigger you definitely need a team at least one like assistant or something oh for sure i was thinking about i was talking to um someone about that today where it was like i was thinking about putting a media team because i feel like i make so much content between even like mainstream stuff like podcasts and clips and reels and all this stuff but it's not getting repurposed and utilized on alternate platforms in a useful way. Like so much is getting wasted. Like every podcast could be transcribed, could be a blog post. Everything, right. you know, like that kind it of should stuff. have this yeah. kind of funnel. And I was like, how do I build a team to do that? How many people would it take? What? How expensive would that be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the next step. <sighs> yeah. For sure. Uh, I love this. I feel like I learned a lot. This was amazing, Nadia. I'm so grateful. I feel really motivated. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I feel so I motivated after this. I do too. And I hope people that are listening feel re-motivated too, because there's not like one magic little trick that you can do that can uptick your, your earnings or can uptick your amount of subscribers. It really comes down to you and what you're willing to put into your own self and your own business. Yeah. I think a lot of people are searching for like a magic, like a secret, like yeah. some, like a traffic yeah. source or a secret yeah. that they didn't know. What or... was the secret website you went to to get all of your followers, the, you know, to get all the wells? It's like, you just be yourself. Lord Jesus, if that was it, I'd be on that site and nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of us would be. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for testing things. Like test it, did it work? No, okay, don't do it again. Do something else and then just, I think that's what you do you just filter through like okay that used to work now it doesn't work anymore now i gotta find something else and yeah and i really love that there's no shame in the fact that we're still looking at other creators and getting inspiration from them and taking notes and researching that i think sometimes people think like once you're in the game like okay i, I just got to do what i do now and not look at what anyone else does but it's not a comparing thing like you said nadia it's more of like researching how you can in implement some of the things that are successful for others into how you do your business and run your online exactly online goals <laughs> yeah there's plenty of money to go around in the world and i want all the women in the world to have it all so right we need to reallocate <laughs> <us>. <laughs> yeah and you need to let us know if rihanna writes back definitely i will look i've been talking to her in the dms for years it'll never happen but i'm just gonna hold on tight and that's why i want to get into the vanilla world somehow some way like makeup fashion something can i be a model for rihanna <laughs> yes i know <laughs> i have faith that you can make something like that happen yeah oh that would be so cool to be like a sex worker dominatrix walking in the savage Fenty fashion right? show that would be right? dope I feel like she yeah. would do something like that. Ree, yep. oh, come mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. 100%. Oh, well, you guys are the best. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. I'm stoked. You make me want to work, and I was not feeling it like an hour ago. I was like, I'm tired I know, today. seriously, like after this, I'm like, <laughs> do I have time to make a quick like couple of clips? I think I might. You know, makeup and hair is looking good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 100%. Well, where can people find you on social and your sites? Yeah. 
So um, my website is themusenadia.com. That's where you can find basically anything and everything about me. But my Twitter is muse underscore Nadia. My Instagram is themusenadia. And I really want to start plugging my Twitch more because I want to become an affiliate already. So my Twitch is muse Nadia. Um, But yeah, those are those are my main ones. And um, yeah, I'm nice. I promise. Uh, Go subscribe and give her your money, guys. Yes, it's a a direct order. (laughs) So you guys got this. (laughs) Awesome! Thank you so much, Muse. Thank you so much, Corey. Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education, stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms. Their platform, Trist.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It's free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel supported and encouraged instead of policed. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. And I'm Lotus Lane, and you can find me on all social media at It's Lotus Lane, which is spelled I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N.